Well, it's Thursday, and it's going to be 80 degrees. I don't know what y'all going to get into, but I hope y'all stay cool. Welcome to Love Babs, Love Talk on Babs Girls. Good morning. There's a lot going on last night. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Ely Center, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> Woo, that's a mess over there. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, hearts go out to uh, Planned Parenthood of Southern New England and Long Wharf Theater. We lost uh, somebody that we knew uh, to suicide. And so we are all internally mourning that loss. It is heartbreaking. But we will press on as we do. And our hearts and prayers go out to that family, uh, to Tim Yergu's family. Uh, this is a very difficult time. And uh, we are standing on the side of compassion and humanity. So that's all I'm going to say. Uh, you want gossip or something else? Go find it elsewhere. I got none for you today in regards to that. So, uh, but we are all uh, affected and affected by this loss. That's it. Uh, let's see what else is going on. We're still fighting about women's right to choose, still battling. I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I know what to make of it. People should not be deciding what is in women's best interest. <coughs> anyway. Uh, I'm up on the New Haven Independent site. Uh, a senior dodges a 50-cent eviction. See, this is why you need lawyers and attorneys and civil rights activists and community activists, because left, left, if we if we left righteousness to landlords, certain landlords, uh, we'd all be evicted. So they were gonna evict this woman for 50 cents and then backtrack talking about it was a mistake. We we don't know how it got this far. So they had to go get a money order for 50 cents. Now, money orders are way more than 50 cents. <laughs> they spent more for the money order than they did for the for the what they owed in back rent, which was 50 cents. I thank God for New Haven Legal Aid. Thank God for all the advocates on this. Because people are just nutty and stupid and mean and greedy and disingenuous and slumlords, but uh, uh, I believe this woman, Gail Stokes, she looks like somebody I know, but she's 70, she's 73. So I don't know if Gail Underwood is the same as Gail Stokes, I'm not sure, I could be wrong. They look very much alike, but you know, as we age, we all look alike, so I'm not sure. I don't know if she was that much older than me, but she might've been that much older than me, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I'm I'm I'll be 60, so she would have been 13 years older than me. But I don't think she was that much older than me. But I, you know, those days are so fuzzy, I can't remember. But she might have been that much ahead of me. She might have been a grown-up, almost grown up by the time I was a teenager. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. That's where we are. Uh so I'm up on the New Haven Independent site. So they're still debating the lessons of the tent city was. I don't even, I said all I'm gonna say about it a couple of weeks ago. I, I, you know what, if we had if we had strong leadership, the mayor should have went out there and camped, camped out with them to raise attention to what's needed in, in homelessness instead of sending henchmen to go and destroy the city. And I get it, I get it. You know, you, you want, uh, you want uh you want safety and you want cleanliness and you want all these things. But the bigger problem is people don't have any place to live. That's the bigger issue. And if you cannot see that as leadership, as the mayor, then I I I first of all, I have no faith in your ability anyway. So that's number one. Number two, you're petty and small. That's number three. It was an opportunity to be innovative and raise awareness and show that you had some humanity, but you didn't do that. You just being white <laughs> and no shade to white people, but all the shade to white people. 
So I'm just saying, there was a missed opportunity there. You know, you always, you know, this man always running around trying to be in photo ops, right? Like he's doing something. He's one of these cats. Oh, I got to be in the picture because I want people to see that I'm doing something. You know how people see that you're doing something? When you're doing something. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So, uh, so anyway, back to the, back to the story of, so the police raid the wrong apartment. <laughs> now I, you know, I'm used to hearing about this in big cities, you know, big cities, Chicago, New York, Detroit, big cities. I'm not used to it in New Haven. Cause honestly, six o'clock in the morning, the cops running up on somebody. They could have asked somebody sitting outside or on the, on the corner. Cause I'm sure there was somebody sitting on the corner. They could have double checked from the street. I don't understand any of that. Wait, not only did they kick the woman's door down and it wasn't even her. It's not, they weren't looking for her. They kicked in her door. They jack her up up against the wall with handcuffs. If you're looking for a guy, clearly this is not a man. And then you see kid, you get in there, you see kid toys. That's not a single man's apartment. I don't know. I don't know what they were. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't, you know, we are so ready to be mil militaristic in our, in our approach to policing that common sense and double checking just goes out the window. And I like police, so just not even anti-police. I'm just like, they take their rules from some, somebody had to give them the information, right? And then I, I just don't, when they, just before, like when you go raise somebody's house at six o'clock in the morning, at 5.59, don't you double check and say, all right, we got the right house. <laughs> is, is there some fact, somebody? <laughs> somebody? somebody? Somebody, you know, I, I don't know. And do you really need that much police force when you're just going to pick somebody up? When you're going to arrest somebody? It's like he, he wasn't looking for a terrorist. He's looking for you had you had an idea of who you were looking for. He wasn't looking for a terrorist. And I get, oh, you never know what you'll find. I, clearly. <laughs> I, the things we do for love. Like walking in the rain and the snow and there's nowhere to go. And you're feeling like a part of you is dying. And you're looking for the answer in her eyes. You say you want to break up, but instead you want to make up. I don't know, I just felt like a song was needed. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. I, she'll lawyer up. They'll settle it. Somebody will fix the door. I hope they fix the door. You break the door. You don't fix the door. So if you break the door, there should be a backup team that comes and fix the door immediately. 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 I don't know. I'm walking in the rain and the snow and there's nowhere to go. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just, it's just a lot. It's it's just too much going on. It's it's just too it's too much foolishness going on. And uh we all need a break. We need a we need a giant chill out. We need a national chill out day. We need a national chill out day. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna advocate for that national chill out day, because I just feel like we are, we are, we everybody's at odds. I'm at odds. Everybody's at odds, but we're all trying to do the best that we could do. We're all trying to make it. We're all trying to move forward in the best way that we know how to move forward. I don't know what else to tell you. I do know it's gonna be 80 degrees today. The porch got power washed yesterday. I know because people are running up. I'll be tearing, but when the porch is open, listen, the porch, the porch officially doesn't open till after my birthday, but I'm going to be away. 
So when I come back, the porch will be open. I might do a soft opening next week, but the weather's supposed to be like icky. So it's probably not going to happen. So probably won't happen before I leave. But the porch is getting ready. It's getting beautified. Beautified. The pillows have been washed. The deck has been power washed. It's about to get painted. My young daughter, Margo, has uh, uh, swept the rug and cleaned up a little bit. So uh, so today they're going to take all that stuff down and they're going to paint the porch. I hope it's a darker, darker gray than that white, light, bright gray that shows every imperfection and has no good sense of wear and tear. I need a new rug for the front door. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get a new, go get new rugs. I need a new rug. And uh, put the pillows back on. And then uh, I, I've got a chime that I like to hang. I'm going to see if I can hang it this year. My girlfriend sent me a chime from San Francisco. I like to get it up. And I have another chime by another friend who brought last summer, uh, Rachel Mealy. And I would like to hang her chime up too. It's a lot to do. <laughs> so it's a lot to do. I like a new rug, but you know, I bought some cleanser for the rug. So we'll we'll sprinkle it on, give it a little whatever, and see what happens. I mean, it's out, it's outside, so it's not like it's in the house, you know. But animals have been on it, which is you know not a terrible thing. But it's got shaken, so it looks better. I noticed it when I came upstairs yesterday. When I came up the porch stairs yesterday, coming the house, I was like, oh. And then my neighbor down the way came by last night because she hadn't seen me. She's like, the weather's been nice. Why you ain't been on the porch? <laughs> These people are wedded to me on this porch. So Nissa, thank you for coming by last night. Uh, they bought a house in Hamden, so they're going to be moving May 1st uh, uh, from down the street. And uh, she got a little dog. But anyway, they go camping, so she came to let me know they're going camping and would I like to go camping in June? Yeah, I don't even know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I might consider it. I might. I might. Pack my, pack my tent, take some reading material, hang out, cook, whatever. <laughs> see what we need. I might go with them. I don't know, child. <laughs> listen there's a freak nick documentary that's coming out and us old dogs are cracking up we are all like what is going on what is going on <laughs> uh, you know some of us listen i'm just saying some of us some of us remember that time very well uh, and some of us was, you know, listen, we're going to do what we do. We're going we're gonna to be all right. But I, I listen, plausible deniability. If you think you see my booty up in the air, it's not my booty. <laughs> I'm going with that story. Thank God there was no social media. Woo-wee! Oh my God. <laughs> none of us, none of us would have jobs. <laughs> oh, Freak Nick was a real thing, child. It was a real thing back in the day. Yes. It started in 1983 in a park in Atlanta and it just grew. And I, 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 I remember it. <laughs> Woo-wee! I remember it. I was a newly minted Greek too. Hot dog. Yeah. What stays in '83? What happened in '83 stays in '83. <laughs> so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, nobody's covering that side. You cover it. I don't know, people just get on my nerves. I like. I, what do you want me to do? I don't, I don't got no dog in that fight. You know. Uh, I'm on here. I can't talk to you. So I don't know why people. I'm gonna start. Shut my, I'm gonna start not letting stuff come through 
between eight and 11. <laughs> People be sending me requests. Like, I don't, no, cover your own stuff. Write it up, take pictures. You're covering it. That's it. You know, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so anyway, at 10 o'clock, I'm not doing a 10 o'clock set. Uh, I'm going to roll up to Wesleyan for reimagining public safety. So if you if you're on social media, you've probably seen some of the flyers. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to to being up there in the space. I'm, I'm not out to the afternoon, but I'm going to go up in the morning. so I could get a sense of the conversation. So it's reimagining community safety, research and practice. And it's today from 11 to 4 at Wesleyan at Middletown. And uh, it's the Wesleyan's uh, Jewish Center for Community Partnerships and the Center for Justice Innovation um, is asking po folks to uh, uh, engage, uh, join in and engage in a multidisciplinary conversation on the intersection of research, evaluation, and community safe safety po policy and practice. So, so it's uh, some good, you know, got some good fo folks that you know, folks that you know and respect. Uh, Kalila Brown Dean, Quinnipiac University, and host of Disrupted on WNPR. Uh, she is moderating. Uh, Alexis Bivens, Connecticut Council for Philanthropy. She is moderating. And yours truly, Babs Rolls Ivy from Penfield Communications and the host of Love Babs Love Talk on WNHL, uh, WNHHLP. Uh, I'm moderating. So I'm moderating that panel in the afternoon from like three to four or something like that. Um, but I hope people come. Uh, it should be a wonderful discussion. I got some great people who is going to be, uh, you know, engaging in this work and in this conversation, people that y'all know um, uh, who was on the forefront of this. So uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be amazing. So uh, that's, uh, that's where we are. So that's, so that's where I'll be at 10. I'll leave, well, leaving here at 10, I'll get up there, make some of the reception. And then go right into the panel discussion. So, so I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I think it'll be a wonderful afternoon. And I'm looking forward to seeing who shows up and what. How do discussions go? So, so I want to get there and just lean in a little bit to what the conversation will be like. Um, so, uh, I'm glad that uh, academics are having these conversations uh, and uh, and thinking about policy and thinking about how to use research. Uh, and quantitative analysis to sort of make the world a better place. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of, uh, you know, being in a place that has such high intellectual capital, you know, great universities in its, in its, in its midst um, that you can utilize the expertise and the uh, brain brains of these folks. So, so I'm just happy to be in the room. <laughs> I'm happy to, I'm happy to be in the room, people happy to be in the room. So I'm looking forward to it. So I'll get up there and uh, see what's happening and uh, get into these conversations with people. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where we are. So no word on the street because it's Passover. So Paul, I saw Paul and his wife, his lovely wife, Carol, yesterday walking in their hood. So I saw them looking like summer. <laughs> Got on shorts and T-shirts looking like summer out there walking. I was like, go ahead, get it. Don't stop. Get it, get it, passes. I see y'all. So they're out walking. It was a lovely day yesterday. Even lovelier day today. It's going to be in the 80s. So so that means that's going to be all kinds of noise. But that's all right. We'll live. We'll survive. We'll, we'll get it right. Uh, we'll get through it. And then I'll be home later, later today. Later today. I got study group. I got study. We studied last night. We're going to study tonight. And uh, that'll be what it is. So a lot going on, uh, a lot going on. I'm just trying to, just trying to sort of not taking so much news um, because I, I could feel myself getting news overloaded. So I'm trying to take on, not take on so much news. Uh, I'm still thinking a lot about uh, uh, Tim Yugo and, and, uh, and, 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 and and I'm thinking about suicide and people who commit suicide and um, you know, and I know there are there are thoughts out there that people want to blame all kinds of reasons for people uh, 
who take their own lives, who die by suicide. You know, I, I know social media comes up in this conversation a lot. And, and I, you know, I, I, I don't think that is not part of the problem. I think, I think social media is part of the problem, you know. Um, but I also, I, I just believe that people are so disconnected from each other. And, and shame and guilt can drive people to do any manner of things. You know what I mean? Shame and guilt drive people to do dangerous, drastic things. Uh, and I know because I stood at the intersection of uh, of 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 desperation and and uh, and uh, isolation. And when you stand on that intersection, you, you just cannot see the you can't see across the street. You just can't. And uh, and it's very difficult. Um, it's very difficult. And and I I don't I don't I don't say all any of this to say I have the answers to anything, but I, I do think it is worth us sort of exploring how we could be better connected to each other. Um, and, and there are people who know what to do and, and, and suggest all the time, this is what we need to put in place to keep people from harming themselves. You know, you know if, if we could have mental health places on every corner, like we do churches and liquor stores, you know, that might be helpful. You know what I mean? Like if people could just, if we normalize walking into mental health kiosks and just talking to somebody 15, 20 minutes, you know, maybe we can normalize that, you know, or setting up mental health benches so that if somebody sits on the bench, there's somebody monitoring and go sit on the bench with them and just have casual conversation, but pointed, directed conversation about what is happening. See, it's so it's these kinds of measures that we could think about making some inroads in. And even though it might seem like, oh, that doesn't seem like whatever, we don't know until we try. And and if putting a bench somewhere, you know, with specific instructions that you sit here and somebody will see you sitting here and will come and talk to you. I mean, come on. That that's amazing. You know. And and it, it might and, and then and there's all kinds of protocols that we could put in place to make sure that people are not harmed and people are safe and you know all those kinds of things you know all I mean we we could we could reimagine all kinds of things you know um, so you know you you have to be pretty desperate in those moments you know something has to hurt so badly and and the kind of pain that you experience when you want to die is very physical it's a very physical pain. It's not just in your mind. It is in your body too. You hurt, you ache, and you just want it to stop. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and then you, you, you get in that desperate darkness and there's no light and you're free falling backwards and you just see no end. We've got to do something about that with people. We have, we have, I just don't believe we don't, we, we absolutely do have the tools. We have the tools. We just have to have the will, you know, we just have to have the will. It shouldn't be so difficult to get help. You know, no one should have to call and be, go through a series of dot, 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 hit five, hold on. We're going to transfer you to eight. Do you know what I mean? Like what's, why can't we pay for, why can't we pay for a hotline that as soon as, as soon as the call goes through, somebody picks up and it's a friendly voice on the other end, full of concern and empathy. Do you know what I mean? That's, I, I want to see that. <sighs> you know, there, I, I, a friend of mine sent me some statistic that said, from in the last 30 years, suicides are up 30%. Why is that? What are we doing? What are we not doing? Why are we why does why why is that the first why why is that even a consideration for people? You know, how do we remove that as a possibility for people? You know, what like if my if my drain is clogged. I don't think, oh, let me just blow up my whole house. I think, let me start with some Drano <laughs> or liquid plumber or whatever, whatever, whatever the generic brand is and whatever the store I walk into, whatever that brand is. 
And if that doesn't resolve it, guess what happens? I do it again. Then I have to make a call and get a, a professional win because this is beyond my capabilities. We, we understand this method in every other aspect of our lives. If we cannot do something, we go get professional help. But for some reason, mental health, we, we, we expect people to toughen up and bite the bullet and just grind through it. We, we, we say that no other area in nobody's life. We, ne- we don't say that about anything. <laughs> but when it comes to mental health, we just expect people to just tough it out, grind it out, strengthen your upper lip, get some courage. We, we, do, we don't do that anywhere else. <laughs> If I have a toothache, I go to the drugstore, I get some toothache medication. If that does not resolve it after a couple of attempts, guess what I do? I go see a doctor who, a dentist or or orthodontist or whoever, somebody who specializes in fixing teeth. We don't do that for mental health. We think going to the therapist is an absolute sign of weakness that we cannot handle what's on our backs. And the truth is we can't handle what's on our backs. So go get some professional help to help lighten the load. We don't don't think about this in the ways that we think about other things. If I have a flat tire and I don't know how to fix a flat tire, guess who I call? Triple A. You know why? Because they're in the business of roadside assistance. Why are we normalizing this? Why are we allowing people to suffer, 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 suffer? Why are we allowing that? Why are we trying? Why are we so ready to put a badge of honor on suffering? On suffering. Why are we ready to do that? Why are we not allowing people to sort of say, I need help. I need somebody to talk to about this. I am having a moment and I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know. I don't know. But I think, you know, we are in this moment all over the place, this moment coming out of the pandemic that we have to make some real hard decisions about where we are going. And, and a lot of people are individually understanding that they, they are, they are, um, they are changing their lives and, uh, and making different decisions, decisions about how they want to live. The pandemic has, has done that for a lot of people. You know, people are like, oh, I'm retiring now. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do any more time on this job, or I'm going to go do this because if I don't do it now, the pandemic has shown me um, that I am not in control of, 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 of time and space. So people have re, people have, a lot of people have reoriented their lives because they saw the writing on the wall. The pandemic was the best possible lesson for them to sort of take their chance. For a lot of people, though, back to business as usual, back to unhappiness and slogging through and grinding through and 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 just putting up with. A lot of people are back to that. Are back to back to misery. <laughs> they saw a way out and they didn't take it because fear is is a very paralyzing thing. You know, few few people, few people can overcome fear. Few, and I mean that. Now everybody can um, overcome fear. The tools are there, but few can. Absolutely can. Few can, because a lot of people are afraid. And I, I don't know what the fear is. Oh, I think the fear is people will see me. I'll fail. You know, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed or whatever. Few people can rise above that and say, I don't give a damn what people think. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for what I want to go for. 
failure is just a, a tool for learning. <laughs> failure is just a tool for learning. You know, failure is not the end. Failure is just, all right, I learned something. I, I, let me let me learn something. And then let me go, let me go, let me go make another jump at it from a different, from a different ledge, from a different place, from a different start point, you know. So the failure, the failure got me to this point. So now listen, I've learned something. Now I could take another leap at this. That's that, and and we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not using this as a tool. Managers are not using this as a tool. Schools are not using it as a tool. It's a, you know, everybody's got this zero sum game. You lose and then that's it. Like, no, why are we, why are we saying L is the only L you, that's it. <laughs> so what? Take a loss, you take a learn. Take a loss, a loss is a learn. That's it. And then you keep it moving. Keep it pushing. Huh, but we don't, we don't, we're not doing that. You know, we take a loss and it's like, oh, you know, that's why team sports are so amazing. You learn team sports. You learn that, all right, we took a loss this time. Practice tomorrow. Let's get it together. We got another game. <laughs> if you play team sports, that's you learn that. But everybody doesn't grow up playing team sports. Team sports is a good, is a good way to sort of learn how to. To, to to get back up and go play again. That's what team sports says. Some people have forgotten that, that played on teams, they've forgotten that lesson. But if you sit down and be quiet, you're like, remember, it's a lesson. So I don't worry about losing. I don't worry about shame. I don't worry about embarrassment because I've already been dragged through stuff. So when you've been dragged through stuff, you you it toughens you. And you're like, all right. I, people, people see me fall. People see me at my very lowest, absolute lowest, crippling lowest, suicidal lowest. <laughs> and then here I am at my absolute best, shining brightly. And people are like, who she thinks she is? Well, who I know I did, who, who I, who I am known to be, who I know myself as. I learned. <laughs> you just learn. You just learn. You don't stay low forever. You learn. You don't stay low forever. You you allow yourself to rise. And I and too often I see people stuck in these stories. You know, everywhere they go, they tell the same story of how they were wronged or what hurt them or how it pained them. And 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 I get it. I see it. Because I, I used to do that too when I was much younger. Anybody who would listen to me, I would tell them my story of how I was wronged and harmed. And, and then one day I heard myself and I was like, oh gosh, I'm not going through life like this. This I don't want this to be the only story I get to tell. What What is that? And then you let it go. And then you put it in this proper place. Not so much that you let it go. You just put it in this proper place. And you, and then you stop leading with it. I'm so much more than what has happened to me. I don't half the time. I don't even like to talk about it. Not because I'm ashamed, but because it's just all right. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> uh, what I'm doing now, though, because because I'd have to go all the way back to that time, and the further I get away from it, the farther it seems. So when I see people who are still stuck in the story, you know, how they were wrong. And I used to see it when I ran a divorce group. And I ran a divorce group at my church for 10 years. And I would hear these stories of people coming in of their divorce stories and the pain, the pain. And they, they, they'd been divorced a few, a, a good while out of it. And they just couldn't let it go. And I thought, this is, I. so at the 10 year mark, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm far away from my story. And I'm far away from this story. And I let it go. I stopped doing the group. And somebody wanted to run the group after me. And I was like, no, you have to go start your own group. This group is going to close and I'm going to take it down. And it's not going to be yours. It's, it will always be my group. You can go start a group, but I don't need this group to continue 
under this name and under this umbrella. And that's and that's how Eat Drink Divorce began and ended. And it was, I enjoyed it. It, it was healing to me, you know, and giving people a place to tell their stories about divorce. That and it was quiet. I didn't have press around this. I didn't want lights around it. I want people who found me found me through word of mouth. I didn't I didn't need people, I didn't need, I didn't need it to be in the paper or on the news or on TV. Everything is not for public consumption like that. People who found, and people were like, oh, but more people could find you. No. The people that were meant to find me found me. There's other groups out there. It's not the only, listen, I'm not the only island out here. There's so many other islands <laughs> that people could sail to. <laughs> so I so I, I, I know people can get stuck in the story. They'll tell the same story over and over and over again. That story of pain and, and lost and hurt. I'm like, and it takes a lot to stay in that story. It takes a lot to tell that story. You have to, every time you tell that story, you have to, a part of you has to relive it. A part of you has to be connected to it. And I'm not saying we should disconnect from our stories. What I'm saying is there comes a place where you make room for it and you put it in its proper place. So that it's not the prevailing story of your life. It's not the prevailing story. It's just one of many stories. One of many stories. Do you know what I mean? One of many stories. And then you'll find yourself telling better stories about, well, not so much better stories. You'll find yourself telling different stories that that speak to where you are now. You know, that speak to where you are now. You know, they, I think, I think, as I said, I think this is the moment for us to do amazing things because they're so dark and dire because these school shootings are becoming so frequent that they are part of our everyday practical lives. Uh, but this is the moment where we get to, we can decide how we want to move forward. You know, I, I, I do. I think, I think all the stuff is coming to a head. You know, when anybody can, anybody who work, who, if a, if a cat could work somewhere about to lose his job, go buy a gun and come in there and kill up everybody in his place of business at the bank. And his mama is calling 911 and she's saying, I know he doesn't own a gun. <laughs> oh, he's, he wouldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> and lo and behold, while she is calling, he has he done killed five people. The person that she said he wouldn't hurt anybody, the person she said he didn't own a gun. You know, imagine if we if we terminated people and we took them through some kind of uh, eval, you know, that we that we didn't just fire them because firing people was hard, that we just, you know, had some moments with them to talk this through and some supports for them. Imagine that instead of just pushing people out without any regard to how they might feel. I mean, we, we can do these things. <laughs> we, we can do these things. We can set that up if we have a mind to do so. We could, I think the point that I'm making is we have the opportunity and the resources and the ability to be better to each other. We do. We just have to choose that. And I don't think we're choosing that at the moment. You know, we are we are doing a lot of explaining. <laughs> we're doing a lot of explaining. <laughs> but we're not doing we're not doing enough helping. We we're not doing enough to 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 help people uh uh soothe their hearts and minds we're not doing that because that's that's pretty that's pretty intense that somebody would get fired go back to their place of employment and kill everybody that that that's very telling and if, and if we're not looking at that from a place of this is a lesson then then we're going to keep having these we every day 
all over America. We're just going to keep having these entertainment cycles of violence because that's what they've come down to, entertainment. So I just, I just think we're in this moment where we could make a difference. We could, we, if we had some leadership somewhere, if some leadership, I mean, I, I, I don't think Biden is the leadership. I like him for the moment. Moving forward, not so much. I think we need new leadership. We need some new national leadership. We need some new local leadership. We do. I think we've exhausted the people who are standing in these spaces and we need new people to stand in these spaces. Somebody's got to rise up and say, okay, how are we going to do this? And there's lots of people doing this work all over the place. So don't get me wrong. There's people in communities holding it down all the time, holding it down. Every time there's a shooting in a neighborhood, there's no... There's no, particularly in these black and brown neighborhoods, there's no uh, mental health support rushing in. You know who's rushing in? Uh, the aunties and the grandmamas and the big mamas. They rushing in, frying chicken and 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 gathering the babies and, and having conversation. Y'all be safe out there now doing that kind of stuff and looking out, right? That's that's it, you know, or, or find opportunities to corral children in the park. Okay, Saturday we're gonna we're gonna get together in the park. We're gonna play. We're gonna sing. We're gonna dance. We're gonna run around. And we're gonna do all the things. And we're gonna fire up a grill. And we're gonna have some hot dogs. And we're gonna. That's the mental health work right there. That's the that's the mental health work that we know. You know, it's not somebody coming in a white jacket talking about tell me everything that you, what has happened to you up until this point. <laughs> That's not going to fly. <laughs> these, these people want to parachute in and be like, and asking a gazillion questions as if somehow or other trust is automatic. It's not automatic. Trust is earned, particularly for, from a community that's been, you know, lied to and put upon. So I don't know. I just think this is a good moment. I know people don't see it that way because it's so painful, because so many things have, are happening one after the other. Uh, but I, I think I think that is the moment when great change can, can, can take place, is when there's so much going on, you know, that the air is frenzied, that people are on edge. You know, I, th I think that's the tipping point. I think that's the point where we say, all right. <laughs> This is enough, damn it. <laughs> I've had enough. This is enough. This is what we're doing. And turn the tides. We're not there yet. But we're getting there. I dare say we are getting there. I, I feel it. I know you feel it too. I know people are feeling it. They just don't know what they're feeling. But they know change is in the air. And, and you know, this odd weather is another, I think, sign of we got to do some other things. We got to we got to do some things very differently. And today's going to be 80 degrees in April. I don't even know when the last time we saw that in April. I know we've had snow in April. But here we are with summer in April. And uh and and what what will that yield us? What will I wake up to tomorrow? Do you know what I mean? Like what what's it going to be tomorrow? after this summer day. So I'm just saying, there, there's a lot to, there's a lot to be done. And I'm, I'm in the place of uh, hope dealing kind of work. I'm in the space of uh, just trying to take care of the circles that I'm in, trying to, trying to have some real impact in the circles that I'm in. I'm not trying to take over the whole city or any, just in the circles that I'm in. I'm just trying to be a good citizen and a good steward of hope and um, just trying to be a good steward of hope and empathy and connection and care. That's, that's what I'm trying to be at. 
So I'm, that's what I'm trying to be at. So, so, so while everything seems heightened and and pushed up to the to the very edge, and everybody's backs is against the wall, I think this is a good time for a reimagining of a lot of things. A reimagining, a reimagining, and and I hope that folks can wake up and see that this is this is the best possible moment to reimagine a great many things. And you can start writing your own DM life. What do you need? What do you need to reimagine in your own life? What can you make peace with? What can you change? What can you put aside? What can you jump over? What can you let go of? You know, what where? Where can you reimagine your life? That's the question. Because when you start to ask where you can reimagine your life, then when you start to shift things around, guess what? Everything in your universe starts to shift. Your friends start to shift. What you do for a living starts to shift. Everything starts to shift. And that's the change that needs to happen. So when everybody is shifting, guess what happens? Woo! Things start to change all over the place. You know, all over the place. I've, I've seen it. I see it in my own life. All the changes that I've made for my own life about how I am and how I want to be has made a tremendous difference in who I rock with, where I go, what I do. It has made a huge difference. So I'm just saying, let's start there. Let's start there. Because I, I, I don't want to wake up to any more people feeling like, the only way to get out of their sense of pain is to kill themselves. I don't I don't want any more of that. That's just too much. That's a that's a that's a losing game. You can't you can't win from that. You can't win. You can't come back from it and you can't win from it. And we gotta do a better job of helping people understand that it's it's not a loss. You just learn it. Just learn. When you take a loss, it's just an opportunity to learn something. That's it. And we and we got to keep saying that message to people so that they don't get overwhelmed and be like, F it. <laughs> I'm alone out here. And that's real for people. It's It's a dark place. So we just have to all do our part. There's parts for everybody. There's opportunity for everybody. And we, we absolutely could do it. So, you know, the last couple of the last couple of days have been intense. 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 And uh exhausting. But it's what I always say. We were built for these times. If you are alive right now, you were built for this time. You were meant for this time. You were meant for this time. And if you were meant for the meant for this time, there is some tools for you so that you could move toward whatever it is you believe you want for yourself. There are tools for you. But you gotta get out that story. 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 So reimagine for yourself. Just take the time, reimagine. Go ahead, reimagine. I'm always reimagining. I've come this far, reimagining and reinventing. And and I'm and I'm not even the brightest, brightest light in the in the in the in the carton. <laughs> Listen, I'm not even. I'm not even. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold it out there for you. I'm just gonna hold it out there for you. So I'm gonna make my way to Wesleyan so I can reimagine hear the conversation on reimagining public safety. Uh it is tomorrow. I got uh Charles Grady on and the grade eight folks because they've got a performance coming up. So he'll be my guest tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Um and then the weekend. <laughs> it's a uh, diaspora con this weekend make sure you check that out at quinnipiac it's all over social media so you cannot possibly miss it it's a day-long celebration of of graphic novels and uh black folks and comics and all the cosplay and just you know what come up to quinnipiac law school and immerse yourself 
you know, with the blurs, the black nerds, immerse yourself, come and do that. Uh, and then, you know, you can come on back downtown. Dance Haven is happening at Schwartzman Center. It's going to be fun. Uh, I had, Who knew Yale had so much dancing? There's dancing going on. There's stuff going on. So make your way. Find your, find your people. Find your tribe. And find your activity. I'll see you all tomorrow. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP. 103.5 FM streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Right, 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 right.